Hey there, friends and fellow truth seekers. Welcome to another episode of the Brave New World Order podcast. I am your host, straight out the dungeons, straight out the underground of podcasting, Brandon St. One. And I just want to take a minute to thank you, my listeners, for joining me on my journey, showing your support as we explore this reality. And if you're new to the Brave New World Order, you can follow me on Twitter at Brave NWL Podcast. You can email me questions, reach out, comments, say what's up. The Brave New World Order Podcast at gmail.com. And if you like the show, you like what I'm doing, and you want to support it, you can click the link. And I appreciate it. I'm forever grateful for you just being here, listening, and joining me on my journey. This is a journey of exploring and trying to find the truth. And I'm not really confident that we will ever quite find it. But that doesn't mean we want to. We want. We, we doesn't mean we want to give up. We always are going to search and seek eternal thirst for wisdom and knowledge. That's what this is. So thank you for joining me. And we got some things to take a look at today, and it's just quite a bit. It's been about a week since I did an episode. Been pretty busy, but back at it today. And we're gonna we're gonna take a look at all the crazy shit going on. A big part of this show is exploring the psychological operations that are constantly being worked upon us. So I I want to look at what's going on with mass shootings. It's a it's a, a very sad topic especially what happened in Uvalde Texas but we want to look at it with a critical eye and we want to analyze the information because that one seemed to get out of their hands the information is all over the place the timeline we're going to look at the timeline and just take just read through it it's pretty revealing I think it doesn't really make a lot of sense when you think about what's going on and what, what happened with the shooter there. So we're going to look at the timeline. We're going to look at some early news reportings of what happened. And that adds to a lot of the confusion because I follow the news quite regularly throughout every single day. And I saw the, the news being reported on that right from the beginning. And then I seen everything start changing and it changed multiple times. And then it got crazy. Then everybody, even the normies, started noticing something's not right here. And then it got to the mainstream media, and even they, they're picking this one apart. So it seems like something's fishy, and it might have gotten out of their hands. They may have messed up. It seems like they may have messed up on something big time. You got cops standing, sitting outside. Not sitting, but standing outside, going after parents while there's a gunman in there. And then, you know, the push for gun control legislation... Everything that's going on, the incoming food shortage that's probably going to be epic. It seems like they're trying to make some moves now. Because when shit really hits the fan, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be bad. I don't like to be gloom and doom, but things seem like they're going to get bad before they get better. Definitely seems like it's going that way. I feel... I feel white-pilled. I feel in the end, good will win and prevail but 
things, you know, always have to get a little bad sometimes. That's just the cycle. They always get a little bad before they get worse. There's always the calm before the storm, there's, and then there's always the fucking storm, and then things clear out. So things might get bad for a little while, and I think this is all a cover and a distraction from what's really going on and what's really going to happen. So let's take a look at all of this. Let's look at Uvalde, Texas, Rob Elementary School, the timeline that has been laid out by Texas Department of Public Safety Director Stephen McGraw. This was on Friday, May 27th, that he laid out the most detailed breakdown the public yet had gotten about the horror that unfolded at the school on May 24th. So this is from baltimore.cbslocal.com. They quote CNN in here anyway, so I'll post this in the show links, the show notes. I'll post a link in the show notes like I always do. I try to quote all my sources and different stuff that I find so you can read through for yourself. And maybe you find something that I missed. Maybe I read something wrong. Maybe I, I, you know, just interpreted it a different way. I'd like to hear from you if that's the case. I'd like to hear your thoughts on all this stuff. So hit me up as always. I'd love to get the conversation going. Let's just get the discussion going. Let's ask questions and use our critical, use our brains to try to just figure it out. Because there's a lot of holes in this. And this is similar to what happened in Las Vegas. But this one, it just seems like maybe the power of social media and everything kind of pushed it. That they weren't able to just get away with it. And just kind of like all the scoop it under the rug. All the inconsistencies. Whether, I'm not saying, first off, I'm not saying anything. I know what these people are capable of, but I'm not saying this is what they did. But something is going on here when all the police are standing outside. That's crazy. So there's also been reports that there were the, you know, the Fed agencies on scene early in the game, early there. So that's also something that needs to be asked. And we need to see the reports by them and what they were doing there. Probably won't get any of those answers, but we have to keep asking because that's what we do. So let's look at this timeline here. This starts a little earlier in September 2021 where the shooter asked his sister to help him buy a gun and she flatly refused. This is according to McGraw, Stephen McGraw, Public Safety Director Stephen McGraw, Texas. Okay, shooter was in a group chat on Instagram, and in it, there was a February 28th discussion of the suspect being a school shooter, quote unquote. On March 1st, the shooter had an Instagram chat with several others in which he discussed buying a gun, McGraw said. Two days later, there was another group chat in which someone said word on the street, quote unquote, was that the suspect was buying a gun. The shooter replied, quote unquote, just bought something right now. So that's in March. So that's already over a month before the event. On March 14th, the shooter wrote in an Instagram post, 10 more days. Another user replied, are you going to shoot up a school or something? The shooter replied, no, and stop asking dumb questions and you'll see. Hmm, interesting that all this communication was going on. That's pretty fucking interesting, right? So on May 17th and May 20, the shooter legally purchased two AR platform rifles at a local federal firearms licensee, said Texas State Senator John Whitmire. 
who received a briefing from law enforcement. So we received two AR platform rifles. And let's get this out of the way about the AR not meaning automatic rifle, which everybody seems to think that that's what it means. It stands for Armalite Rifle, which was the brand that created them back in the day. Doesn't mean automatic rifle. This is part of the propaganda and part of the, the programming and how they put these little words into people's minds and everybody starts parroting things and they think that they mean, they don't, they don't, they think they mean something that they don't. They don't know how to define things. They don't know anything about firearms. And then they want to go around and tell people what they can and can't have. And then they, they brainwash people into, they manufacture the consent of people who don't even have, don't know shit about any of this stuff. And then they're going around fucking with these stupid talking points that don't make any sense. And that's the fucking game. And that's why we do this. Because we want to fucking decipher all of this. Because I say it, I said it in previous episodes, and I'll continue to say it, that this is, if you just, there's patterns. And if you just pay attention, you see the game being played, and then you can act accordingly. And everybody falls lockstep in all these things, and, and too, with all these narratives. And they all say the same thing, parroting the same thing over and over again. Just like, don't say gay. Don't say gay. Don't say gay everywhere. People that hate Ron DeSantis and whatever, whatever you think about him. Maybe you hate him. Maybe you like him. Whatever. I don't really give a fuck about any of these people. What I'm just saying, I know that that bill didn't say anything about that. And, I, and it wasn't very long, and all you could do was take five seconds to read it, and you could see that for yourself, that it didn't say that at all. And then that's the narrative, because that was created by a propaganda network, so that people would parrot it, and then they would just keep saying it, and then it's in, it's in, this, it's in everybody's mind. Everybody knows it now. It's like a hypnosis, it's a spell, it's a cult rituals being played out to everybody, played out to the public. It's all fucking hypnosis it really is so that's why we pay attention keep our eyes open and i'll just keep saying i know i'm going off on a tangent a little bit this episode but i'm just really trying to figure out all this shit that's going on and i don't jump to conclusions i don't want to jump to conclusions and say that the government is you know doing these events but i know what they're capable of so we have to keep in our you know we have to keep on it. We have to make sure. They definitely try to push agendas. And they use, they do create events to make it happen. So I know that's a, that's a fact. It's been known. It's been documented. Declassified. All types of shit. You know, uh, Fast and Furious. Operation Fast and Furious where the government was supplying guns to criminals. You know, cartel criminals in Mexico and, and in the United States. It led to a Border Patrol agent being killed. And this happened in like the 2000s, 2010s, Eric Holder, Obama administration. So they want to talk about guns, but they were supplying guns to criminals just so that they could track them down and then get them for gun charges and whatever other shit, for drugs and shit too. So these people don't care about you. They don't care about your kids. They don't care about anybody but themselves and their agenda and their self-serving fucking agendas. That's it. Okay, so yeah. I went off on a tangent a little bit, but let's get it back on track. And let's take a look at this timeline from Uvalde, Texas, minute by minute, which is what makes it so interesting is that some of these events happen pretty quick, one after another. 
like him crashing and then making his way to the car like pretty quick with a with a truck that's pretty smashed up. I mean, he must have been going pretty quick. He fucked that car. The, the fucking wheels and the axle were all fucking smashed in and all that stuff. So he fucked that truck up, and then he got out, and he carried all these guns and weapons to the school in, like, a matter of, like, a rel- relatively quickly. Like, so let's take a look at it. Let's go. Where is it? Where are we? Okay, so he was at his house, his grandmother's house, and he sent a series of chilling text messages to a girl he met online. According to screenshots reviewed by CNN, what a fucking take that for what it's worth. But anyway, you have to you have to fucking get the news where you can, right? So, according to screenshots reviewed by CNN in an interview with the girl, the teen girl who lives in Germany said she began chatting with the shooter on a social media app earlier in this month. So earlier May, the, the shooter told her that on Monday he received a package of ammunition. On Tuesday morning, the shooter called her and told her he loved her. This is according to her. He complained about his grandmother being on the phone with AT&T. And six minutes later, at 11.21 a.m., he texted, I just shot my grandma in her head. Seconds later, he said, I'm going to go shoot up an elementary school right now. Okay? So, on... Tuesday, May 24th, 11.27. So that's six minutes later. Video shows the exterior door of Rob Elementary School, which is expected to be where the shooter entered from, was propped open by a teacher. 11.28. This is when the shooter's vehicle crashed into a ditch. This is where he crashed into a ditch. So he texted at 11.21... A.M. I just shot my grandma in her head. 11.28, seven minutes later, he crashed into a ditch. So did he have all these guns, weapons loaded into this truck, the $70,000 truck already, that he already had it ready to go? He jumped in the truck, drove, and crashed it. So I'm just asking questions here. That's all. That's kind of off the cuff and stuff, too. Like I said, I'd love to hear your input, what you think. My my lovely listeners, what you think of this? And, you know, tell me how all this could make sense. Help me try to figure out how, how this can all make sense, right? That's all I'm trying to do. So he crashes the car, the truck, at 11.28 a.m. in a ditch. We've seen the ditch. We've seen the truck. A teacher runs into a room to get a phone and returns to the exit door, which remains propped open. The suspect jumps out from the passenger side of the truck with a rifle and a bag, which officials later discovered was ammunition. DPS Director Victor Escalon said at a Thursday news conference. Okay, so he had a rifle and he had a bag. Okay. Because when I first started reading about the story as it broke... They didn't even, they were like, a handgun, oh, maybe a rifle, maybe a this. Now, it, it, it like, he shot at these people, too. Like, 11.31 a.m., he reaches the last row of vehicles at the school parking lot and begins shooting at the school. You know? So, 11.31, 11.28, so from the time he crashes, three minutes later, he's already at the school, he already started shooting at these guys who came over 
from across the street at a funeral home, and they ran away. All right, so 11.30, a teacher calls 911. And then the U.S. Marshal Service said it, it receives a call for assistance at 11.30 a.m. from Uvalde Police Department officer. Okay, so 11.31, this is when he reaches the last row of vehicles at the school parking lot and begins shooting. Patrol vehicles begin to arrive at the funeral home. That's 11.31. So that's legit three minutes from when he crashed his car. The cops are already there. And it's a small town, so they can make it. They can make it, like, anywhere from what I've, I've read and stuff, like, in minutes. Cops can get in from one end of the town to the next end in, like, literal minutes. It's not a big town at all. But I also read something up here, too. I want to... I want to kind of, um, oh yeah, the details about there was a school officer that was supposed to be there, right? And he drove right past the shooter, I guess. That that was something too that I, I heard about. I kind of wanted to make sure. So yeah, that happened too. The guy drove right by him. Imagine if that guy just seen him and like just got, somehow could have stopped him. Jesus, just so many problems with this whole situation. All right, so we're back to 11.31 a.m. That's like 10 minutes after he, his the 10 minutes from his last text where he shot his grandmother, he's already at the school shooting at the school, and he already shot at these funeral home dudes, and then the cops are already arriving within 10 minutes, okay? There was no school resource officer that confronted the suspect outside the school. That was all reported early. You've probably heard that too. That was reported. Oh, he was confronted. Then he shot somebody. They ran away or something. There was a bunch of different stuff. I tried to go to the Wayback Machine, and I grabbed as many articles as I could about the early reporting. And there's some fucked up interesting shit. I'm going to go through that after this. Some stuff, but it's very hard to find even even some, uh, some of the shit that I read early on that I remember because I want to find it because it's like you read it and then you know I don't go around archiving shit I should but it's like how much time is in a day like you know it's fucking very hard to keep up with all this information that's going on so that's what I try to do even you know even if I'm a little late to the game because I wish I had those articles that I read where like only two people were killed and there was it was like stuff about handgun it was and like no rifle. Then there was rifle talk. It was a bunch of shit, bunch of weird shit. I can't remember off the top of my head. I wish I'm gonna try to dive a little more deeper. Maybe maybe you, some people here, you listeners might have seen them. Maybe you have them. Have some good articles and different stuff. The stuff that doesn't line up. I'd love to see it. If you could send it to me, you can email me the Brave New World Order Podcast at Gmail. I'd love to get any my hands on any information that I miss. Like it's very hard to dig through everything. You know, unless you're on top of this and you just sit at your computer all day or you just read the news and just download and archive, it's very hard. This this is what it's designed for. It's designed to be an overload. It's an overload of, of information. It can be taxing keeping up with all this stuff. So definitely take a break. If you're all into this, don't stare into the abyss too long. It stares back at you. Go outside, get some sun. Spend some time with your friends, your family. Put your hands on the trees. Put your feet on the grass. Hug a tree, legit. 
Hug a tree. I know that sounds bad shit. Hug a tree. Trees are good. Trees can convert negative energy. That sounds woo-woo. I know it does. But I, I don't know. Nature's there for us for a reason. But yeah, I'm going off on a tangent once again. It's what I do when I try to figure shit out. But yeah, I'm just trying to say it's good. We got to stay on top of this stuff. We have to sift through all this fucked up crazy amounts of information. But at the same time, we don't want it to consume us. We want to go outside. We want to breathe the fresh air. We want to spend time with our loved ones. We want to laugh. We don't want to be gloom and doom. I'm not gloom and doom. I read all this crazy stuff, but I am very positive. I'm being positive about everything. Everything will work out. I really believe it. But you have to be you have to be positive in your own little universe first and foremost. So yeah, take care of yourselves, you know? That's all I'm saying. Just be positive, take care of yourselves and your loved ones before you go crazy with all this overload. Before you stare into the abyss. You know, okay. So back on track here, back to the timeline. Where were we? We were at like 10 minutes after the whole thing started. It was like 11.31. He's at the school shooting. There was no school resource. That's where I was. A school resource officer was not on scene, but heard the 911 call about a man with a gun. Drove to the area and sped back, sped to the back of the school to a person he thought was a suspect, but was a teacher. In doing so, the school resource officer drove right by the suspect, who was hunkered down behind a vehicle where he began shooting at the school. Multiple shots were fired by the suspect. So this guy drove right by him as he went to a teacher who he thought was the suspect. Oh my god. At some point, a teacher closes the propped open door after realizing there is a shooter on campus. A Department of Public Safety spokesperson told the Associated Press the department's press secretary confirmed the report to CNN. The door was not locked. The Texas Department of Public Safety said Tuesday, 11.33 a.m., the shooter enters the school and begins shooting into a classroom, which is connected to a second class. He shot at least 100 rounds, according to McCraw. 11.35 a.m., three Uvalde Police Department officers enter through the same door as the suspect. Another three Uvalde police officers and a county sheriff follow. McCraw said for a total of seven officers on the scene. So seven officers inside at 11.35. The three initial officers went directly to the class door, which was closed, and two received grazing wounds from the shooter. 11.37 a.m. Another 16 rounds are fired in the following minutes. 11.42 a.m. A source close to a teacher receives a text saying there was an active shooter on campus. CNN saw the text chain and confirmed the timestamps. 11.43 a.m. Rob Elementary announces on Facebook it's under a lockdown status due to gunshots in the area, adding that the students and staff are safe in the building. That's interesting. At 11.43, that's really interesting. I didn't hear about that. They announced on Facebook. So that's what happens when a fucking event is going on. They get on fucking social media right away. Due to gunshots in the area. And then said the students and staff are safe in the building. So roughly 11.44 a.m., 
officers are calling for additional resources, equipment, body armor, negotiators, and evacuating students and teachers. Escalon said Thursday. 11.51 a.m., more officers arrive on the scene. 12.03 p.m., officers continue to arrive in the hallway of the school. There's as many as 19 officers at the time in that hallway. 12.03 p.m., a young girl from inside one of the adjoining classrooms calls 911, identifies herself, and whispers the classroom she is in. The call lasted a minute and 23 seconds. She calls back several minutes later and says multiple people are dead. 12.10 p.m. First group, first group of deputy U.S. Marshals arrives on scene to assist federal, state, and local enforcement already on scene, the Marshals Service said in its statement. 12.13 p.m. The girl calls 911 again. So that's what, when did she call that first time? 12.03. Ten minutes later, the girl calls 911 again. 12.15 p.m., members of the Border Patrol Tactical Unit, BORTAC, arrive on scene. When Border Patrol agents begin to arrive, the officer in charge of the situation had already made the determination that it was barricaded, that it was a barricaded subject situation. The team then waited, not breaching the classroom where the shooter was holed up until nearly 40 minutes later. That's the part that got everybody in an uproar as it should be that is fucked up. How could you sit there, for f- stand there, walk around, throw fucking parents on the ground, handcuff parents, and and while kids are in the fucking building? The fuck is going on? McGraw said the person who made that decision was the school district police chief. And McGraw called it the wrong decision. Okay, so 12.17 p.m., Rob Elementary announces on Facebook that there is an active shooter at the school and authorities are at the scene. Okay, 12... Why did, why did this go backwards? It went from 12.17 to 12.16. Okay, so 12.16, the girl, I guess it's the girl from earlier, calls 911 again and tells dispatchers there are 8 to 9 students alive. 12.19 p.m., another person calls 911 from one of the two classrooms and hangs up when another student tells her to. 12.21 p.m., the suspect fires again. He was believed to be at the door. Law enforcement moved down the hallway. 12.21 p.m., three shots fired are heard from another 911 call made. 12.36 p.m., well, that was a big jump. 15 minutes later, the initial student who called 911 calls again is told to be very quiet and tells dispatchers he shot the door. The call lasted 21 seconds. 12.43 p.m., the young girl asks dispatchers to please send the police now. 12.47 p.m., the student asks for police again. A minute earlier, she had said she could hear the police next door. 12.50 p.m., law enforcement breach the locked classroom door using keys from a janitor. They shoot and kill the suspect. 12.51 p.m., through the young girl's 911 call, there are loud noises and officers can be heard moving children out of the room. The child goes outside and the call cuts off. Okay, that's the timeline. And at the end of the article, it says the suspect purchased and had a total of 
1,657 total rounds of ammunition. At least 315 of them were inside the school, and 142 of those were spent. Okay, so that's the timeline from CBS Baltimore, that they took a lot of it from CNN. But that's the timeline. It's pretty, it all happens pretty quick until the cops get there and stand around for an hour. It's pretty fucked up. I mean, he crashes his car, and then like two minutes later, he's at the school with like a fucking hundred, like hundreds of rounds of ammunition after he just like smashed his truck up and stuff. Like, no hesitation, grabs the gun, runs in like he's fucking John McClane. It's like crazy. So that's the most detailed timeline that has come out so far about the event that happened in Uvalde, Texas that uh, unfortunately killed some a lot of children and a few teachers as well. So my heart goes out to all the of them and the victims and the parents that have to deal with all this bullshit with all these questions. It's got to be hard. They got to want some answers. I saw the video clip of the lady who ran in. If you don't know about this, it was one of the parents who showed up there while the, the cops and everybody else was standing around and she got handcuffed because she wanted to run in, but she eventually got the letter. She convinced him to take the handcuffs on and she ran in and grabbed her two kids out of there. And there's a, there's a clip going around. I will, I'm going to post that. I'm going to post that in the, the notes and I'm also going to put it at the end of this episode so you can hear it yourself. It's pretty fucking revealing as well. That lady's a badass. She should be all over the fucking news as, as a, a hero for going in there and getting her kids out of there. You know, I fucking fuck those cops and all the, the people involved. So now that we took a look at the official timeline, the most recent, I went back to the way back machine and I tried to find some articles that were printed the day of that's where you see all the fuckery going on a lot of times you know you see you see that the story changes and all that shit so in this story here i thought this one was really interesting because this one here this story i'll post it in the in the notes I'll post the link in the show notes but this one says uh that he killed his grandmother gunman who was wearing body armor and hinted on social media he killed his grandmother before heading to the school with two military style rifles he purchased on his birthday okay so he had two but in the last thing i just read they said he had one rifle right in a bag so in this thing it says he had two military style rifles right and then where else what else is the a Border Patrol agent who was working nearby when the shooting began rushed into the school without waiting for backup and shot and killed the gunman. See, that the report that we just read, that was the timeline, doesn't say anything about this this man. But I did read articles, and I seen also a picture of him with his hat. He supposedly got shot, like it grazed his head, and he got stitches. But you don't see that anymore. I haven't seen any reporting about that Border Patrol agent who was getting his hair cut, then grabbed a shotgun from the barber, ran to the school, fucking said, no, I'm not going to wait for backup, and went in there, kicked the door in, and shot the guy dead. That's what I heard. That's one of the stories I heard, but that doesn't... No mention of it in the timeline that I just read, the most recent timeline. So what is really going on here? Who shot and killed this guy? Was, was, like, was it a cop? Was it this Border Patrol guy? Why did they stand around and wait? What is going on here, right? Okay, so 
like I said, this is from May 24th. This article that I'm reading right now is from the day of it. And I know people, the news, the media, they fucking, they like to jump on things because they want to get the, you know, they want to get the fucking fever going. They want to get everybody riled up from the beginning. So, yeah, a lot of times these stories come out and they're inaccurate and stuff. But a lot of times you see the reporting of multiple shoot and previous previous events. I've seen multiple shootings reported by eyewitnesses and early news stories and early articles and local local news witnesses like outside the scene will say, "Well, yeah, we saw three people roll up with all black tactical gear," and then that will get that will get scrubbed. So I like to look at the articles, you know, from and see what from when it first breaks, and then see what changed. A lot of times you get some pretty revealing shit. So I, that was one thing that I noticed in this one. They said he killed his grandmother, and um, also the thing about the border patrol agent fucking running in and taking care of taking care of biz so all right now that we went through that a little bit i really just want to kind of give my opinion of my thoughts i guess is i don't really have a hard line opinion on what i think took place here but what i think possibly happened here is they were running an event because there was some kind of simulations that were run, taking place. The speculation of that as well. It's very hard to find all this information. I'm going to dive a little more into it as as the story unfolds more. There's, there's going to be a hopefully a big investigation on this, or there won't be because I think possibly that this was a psychological operation. It's aimed at gun control, and... They might maybe have fucked it all up, or the whole or the whole thing is the psychological operation, the the unknowns, and how everybody's fixing like the timeline. Maybe the whole thing is the psyop, or maybe they fucked up what their plans were at the psyop, and that's why they had people waiting outside. Maybe it was supposed to be done sooner. There's reports of two teens being arrested a few years ago for planning an attack this year. But the records are sealed. Supposedly, this is all speculation at this point. Hopefully, we can find out some more information. We can dig deep. If you know any more than I do, please let me know. Send me some articles. Send me some stuff that you come across. Because we got to figure this out. we got to stay on top of it. But there was a report of two teens being arrested in Uvalde for plotting of shooting at a school in 2022. And this is a few years ago. But the records are sealed, so we don't know if it was him. This could be tied to... You you know MK Ultra style mind control style fucking events where they they push people to do certain things, and this could have been one of those. And maybe the police were outside and not going and engaging because the job wasn't done yet. And, and what was what had to be certain shit had to be taken care of inside to make the scene what they wanted it to be. So they needed more time. I don't know. Maybe that's possibly what happened. But that's what we're going to that's what the show is about. Just asking questions. That's all it really is. Questions that need to be answered. What what was really going on at that school? And I'm glad that this one trickled into the mainstream and people are going nuts like normies. But also like I said, there is part of me that might think the whole thing is is the the whole thing altogether is the psychological operation. I don't know. These people are pretty... They, they do layers of psyops, but they and they run the same game plans over and over and over again. 
but they could definitely set something up like this because they know people like me and lots of people, truth seekers, are going to go and really try to like figure this out and 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 they might be fixated on it while some other shit's happening. And the whole this whole thing just might be the whole thing might be the psyop. That's all I guess I'm getting at. So we have to be careful of that as well. You know, we're going, oh, they set this all up. Why were these cops outside? Maybe it was done on purpose to raise a million questions, a million inconsistencies, contradictions that just don't add up. And they just keep us running around, chasing our tails, trying to fucking figure out what happened that day when it was really just set up to distract us. It's a possibility. Don't you think? Let me know. So that's a lot of fuckery, though. There's a lot of fuckery in this one. Lots and lots of fuckery. And they have an agenda. And whether or not this was something that they put together, they're going to use it to push the agenda. They're going to they're gonna use the emotions. It's very emotional when you think about children. You know, when you think about that happening to children, it's very emotional. You know? So they're going to use that to try to take away people's rights and... They'll try to, like, say, oh, you and your, you know, your guns and all this stuff. But it's really your right to defend yourself is they don't have any, they have no say in how you choose to defend yourself. They have no say. And don't let anybody trick you into thinking otherwise. Your right to defend yourself is your right to defend yourself. It's not given to you by governments. It's not given to you by a person who signs an executive order. That right is yours. You were born with it. You were born with the right to speak freely and to speak your mind. And you're born with the right to defend yourself and your family. So don't let them trick you into thinking otherwise. Because that's what this is about. They are pushing this hard. They are pushing this hardcore. And I think it's a distraction. I think it's, well, it's a two, it's a two-sided thing. It's a distraction but it's also, it's part of the plan to a disarm. Because when shit really hits the fan, they want to make sure people don't have, they don't they don't want people to have weapons. They don't want people to have guns when shit really hits the fan. They really don't. And that's why, this, why it is important, your right to bear arms and defend yourself. Because the government may not always be there. Whether you trust, if you do trust them to protect you, if you're one of those people that's looking for the government to protect you, it may not always be there. And then all of a sudden, those rights that you that you took from them, that you you allowed them to just grant you rights, like they're fucking, they're God, you know? Those rights can mean nothing. So, those rights can mean nothing. You have to exercise your, your fucking rights, natural law rights, that aren't given to you by governments. So that's what this is about. It's all about dehumanizing. Everything is. Everything from the vaccinations is all about dehumanizing you into making you into, into just a little slave to enslave us all. It really is. And to, and to get you to consent to it, to get you to accept it and be happy. That's what this all is about. This goes into what's happening with the World Economic Forum goes into the great reset that you will own nothing and that includes weapons and self-defense tools of self-defense and protection and amongst other things other reasons why people have firearms 
And that's not anybody's fucking, anybody's say to whether they can or not. So it's all tied to this. You can't, you can't have, you can't model every country after China unless you do every, every fucking step. And you know, those people in China, they don't have any way to defend themselves. They, those poor people. So we must look at that and we must look at history. History shows, history shows us everything about this, this discussion. It's not even a discussion. Once you look at history, it's not even a discussion. You lost the argument. So thank you for joining me today as we took a little, you know, break down the official timeline and, you know, try to just get our thoughts going, try to break, you know, figure this out, break it down and ask questions. That's all what I'm doing here. That's all this is about asking questions. I'd also love to hear your questions. I'd love to hear if you have any ideas, any thoughts, any fucking you know, theories. So follow me on Twitter at the Brave NWO podcast. I always fuck that one up. It's, they wouldn't just let me do it the way I wanted to do it. So I had to abbreviate it. So it's at Brave NWO podcast. And my email is the Brave New World Order podcast at gmail.com. Send me an email. Tell me what's up. Say hi, any suggestions, any articles, anything that you come across, anything you'd like to hear me maybe talk about, just shout it out. Love to hear from you, and I'm grateful, like I said at the beginning, for you joining me on this journey. And it's all love, it's all positivity, it's no anger. We're just trying to figure this shit out, right? So follow me, send me an email, and if you like this, you can support me, support the show. There's a link. In the show notes, you can click it. You can become a, you know, a supporter of this show. If you like the Brave New World Order podcast, you support Brandon St. One and what he's doing, just trying to figure this shit out, trying to get the message out. You can click that link and you can support me. If not, no worries. We're just having fun. We're just going along this journey and exploring this fucking wild, wild reality. So once again, thank you so much. And I just want you to Take a listen to the clip here at the end. It is the woman that went in and saved her two kids. And you get to hear what she has to say about those fucking cowards. Those fucking weakling cowards that stood outside and, and fucking put her in handcuffs. Fucking crazy. All right. So I'll be checked back in later in the week. Let me know what you think about all this. Peace out. Stay positive. Question everything. Think for yourself. Arrest you because you're being very uncooperative. I said, well, you're going to have to arrest me because I'm going in there. And I'm telling you right now, I don't see none of y'all in there. Y'all are standing with snipers and y'all are far away. I'm, if y'all don't go in there, I'm going in there. He right, immediately put me in cuffs. She says after Uvalde police officers told marshals to uncuff Gomez, she ran towards the school. As soon as they uncuffed me, I jumped that first gate fence. And once I jumped it, I went to my son's class. And I knocked on the door and I remember the teacher saying, um, I'm like, hey, they're already, they're already um, bulge cutting the fence to get me. She's like, you think we have time to get out? I said, you'll have time. I'm going to run for my other son. Once she was assured her son was okay, Gomez ran to get her other child, encountering more officers who tried to stop her. So I start yelling and I'm being a cooperative and I'm like, well, y'all aren't doing shit. What are y'all doing? Y'all ain't doing shit. Y'all need to be in here. Give me your best. Somebody give me a best. I'm something. I started paying attention to how far the shots were being. So that I knew the shooter was all the way still by my first son's class. So 
when I went to my son, my second son's door, the teacher didn't want to open the door for me. So that's when they started um, escorting me out. And as I, as I see that they're opening my son's door, I go run for my son and I get him. With both of her kids out safe, Gomez still can't shake the thought of those who didn't make it. While you were inside the school, did you see officers there inside the school? There was not one the officer inside the school when I In ran to my second son's class. There was not one officer. And you were hearing gunshots, so you knew you that could hear the it gunshots. was an active shooter. It was still active. The gunshots were still active. They were not in there. There was no one in there. If anything, when I pulled up, my car was closer to the school than, the, where, than where the snipers and everybody that was laying on the ground were. When you heard that it took law enforcement 75 minutes before they went in and stopped the shooter, what was your thinking, having been inside the school yourself? I don't know. I was just thinking that they could have saved many more lives. They could have gone into that classroom and maybe two or three would have been gone, but they could have saved a whole, a whole more, the whole class. They could have done something, gone through the window, sniped them through the window. I mean something but nothing was being done if anything they were being more aggressive on us parents that were willing to go in there and like i told one of the officers i don't need you to protect me get away from me i don't need your protection if anything i need you to go in there with me to go protect my kids and if anything they were being more aggressive on us they were more pertain on keeping us back than getting into that school